This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Learning Unlocked podcast. Presented by Open Sesame, taking a deep dive into the global world of learning and development with practical tips and tricks, along with insights from leading brands and the people that make them work. This is Learning Unlocked. Now, here's your host, Brian Berger. Well, thanks for joining us on another edition of the Learning Unlocked podcast. I'm your host, Brian Berger. We've got some special guests with us this week. Megan Mackey, who is a University of Portland senior, and Grace Lee, who is in her third year at the University of Oregon. They're both interns at Open Sesame. I'm sure all of you know who Open Sesame is. Uh, They help develop the world's most productive and admired workforces with the most comprehensive catalog of e-learning courses from the world's top publishers. Megan and Grace, thanks for joining me on the Learning Unlocked podcast. How are you guys? Doing well. Thanks for having us this morning. Yeah, I know it's a little bit early uh, <laughs> as we record this. So uh, hopefully you've got some coffee in front of you. Uh, Megan, I'm going to start with you. Why don't you tell us what your role is as an intern at Open Sesame? Let's, let's start there. Yeah, so I am on the marketing team this year and I'm on the content side. So I'm a content marketing intern. So this summer I've been doing a lot of copy work. So a lot of writing, working on different marketing campaigns, and doing a lot with that side of the team. So more on the creative copy side rather than the data analytical side. There was another intern doing that work who is much better, much better at it than I. And how did you find this internship? Yeah. So I am a part of this um, club at my school. It's called Alpha Kappa Psi. It's the business fraternity. It's national business fraternity. And one of my friends that is in AKSI, she graduated um, a few years ago and it turned out Open Sesame also and really loved it and spoke really highly of it. And I actually met up with her when I was studying abroad in London this spring. She goes to Trinity College and she talked to me about it. I was like, you should totally apply. She'd still been working there. And I was just in the middle of applying for a ton of internships. And I knew that she really loved kind of the culture of working there and the people that worked there. So I applied and I'm really glad that I did. What were you kind of looking for in an internship? I know a lot of people are, they're wanting hands-on experience or they're wanting to kind of test drive what they think they may want to do when they graduate. What were you looking for? 
I just wanted to learn as many different marketing skills as I possibly can. I'd had one other internship doing marketing work for a small startup in London. And I just wanted to work at a slightly larger company that was using all the different technology like Salesforce and Tech Validate and these kind of big terms that I hear a lot in my classes, but wasn't um, being able to have projects in it because it's it's a school, not a company. You can't really use Salesforce in the class. Um, and so I definitely wanted to learn that. And it was really important to me to work at a company also that I could really get behind the work that they are doing. And so Open Sesame was kind of the perfect fit for that. If I could learn a lot, it was a great size company for kind of what I wanted to do. And I really enjoyed like every other aspect of working too with like different um, employee resource group meetings. Those have been really cool. And just seeing what it's like to work in kind of the corporate world, but also with a really strong social mission. Grace, let's focus on you for a moment here. What are you studying and why was the Open Sesame internship attractive to you? What are you doing at uh, Open Sesame as an intern? So I am a sales operation intern and I mainly do this project called Golden Path. And it's a weekly project where I analyze win and loss deals from the sales um, reps and just kind of try to curate a golden path towards customer acquisition. And I present these deals during weekly meetings. And I do some other like side projects like data cleanup and creating ticketing systems and mostly on the sales side though. And uh, as far as like what you want to study, I mean, are you getting good hands-on experience and learning as an intern about things that you may want to pursue after you graduate? Yeah, definitely. I think this internship has provided the most um, experience, I think, just learning experience in the corporate world because because of this internship, now I have experience in working remotely and completely remotely since I'm located in Eugene and that's quite a bit away from the Portland office. So having chances to have in-person meetings isn't really an option for me. So just experiencing that, I think I am really grateful for before I choose a job in the future. Yeah, I mean, let me stay with you, Grace, on this. So you just brought up a really good point. So the pandemic hit and we've become a hybrid workforce. Um, a lot of people like yourself and Megan working remotely. As a matter of fact, Open Sesame is is pretty much full remote at this point with some get-togethers throughout the year. but. Grace, what has it been like with school and with work where, you know, you may be sitting on a Zoom like this instead of in person with people? How how have you adjusted to that change? It was definitely a transition, to say the least. I feel like working remotely and learning remotely, having that option gives a lot of flexibility for people who, you know, may have a family and might want to travel. But personally, for me, especially learning, I feel like has been a little stunted by being remote, especially in my position where it's a lot of data operations, analytics, where you kind of need to work with other people. And especially someone like me, who's a student interning at a company, you want to kind of learn as much as you can from people who are above you. And so far working remotely, it's there hasn't been as much collaboration as I'm used to. 
because in school, at least this year, it's been a lot of in-person meetings and, you know, you have those like split moments where you can learn a really quick trick, whether that's like on Excel, how to automate a task really quickly. It saves you a bunch of hours in the future, but because we're working remotely and we don't have that chance to glance over our shoulders, I feel like I'm missing out a bit on those little small learning opportunities that might, you know, grow into something bigger. Megan, what about you? How have you adjusted to the remote learning in college and then also remote working in the workforce? Yeah. So for me, I think that I've struggled a little bit more with remote learning than remote work. I think remote work just feels a little bit more natural than remote learning. I did a full year online, which I was very lucky. I was still living in Portland with many of my friends, which made it a lot more normal. But it was definitely so many extra Zoom calls and so many extra FaceTime calls to work on those collaborative projects. Um, I'm studying marketing at school and that's a very kind of collaborative space where you're working on a lot of projects and doing a lot of different research with people. And so I think many of my friends and I made the best of it and tried to make our own sort of, you know, online study situations and whatnot. But I definitely much, much prefer the in-person learning. I have two classes online this coming semester, actually, which I can't say I'm too upset about because one of them is at 8 a.m. Um, <laughs> I'm not too mad about that. But so I do enjoy the mix. But I think for me, for school, it kind of depends on the class, a high level philosophy class. I don't mind having that online, but one of my more intensive marketing courses, I definitely, you know, prefer to have in person. And for working, I I really haven't minded working remotely. I think that I've been really, really opposed to it. And similar to Grace, I've been really wanting, really thankful for this internship because I want to figure out if I'm okay with working remotely, okay with working hybrid. When I graduate, I think that's a big question a lot of people have right now as they look to graduate. And I was really lucky. I got to go to a marketing team on site like my first week um, starting this internship. So I actually met everyone I was working with and that was definitely a great way. And I could tell for the team too, a lot of them had it met in person. It was really sweet to like see them all get to interact together and meet one another in person for the first time. But I think that that's just become so much more valuable is those little times where you get to meet in person and then carrying that over to working remotely. And my team does a good job, I think, of having other little working sessions outside of um, their meetings. And so oftentimes you'll I'll stay on a call with someone or I'll like work with someone remote, like on Zoom for 20 minutes on a project. And I think that that's kind of helped make it as similar to what you're getting in an office setting, I guess, of having those little collaborative moments with people. Because like Grace mentioned, I do think, and especially as an intern, you're kind of itching to get those, like any, grasp onto any skill you can learn from anyone. And that's hard to do when you're just in and out of meetings and then on your own working. More of Learning Unlocked is coming up after this. Diversity, equity, and inclusion continues to be a top priority for businesses everywhere. Open Sesame has created a survey that will give you insight into where your organization stands on diversity. Aside from being educational, this survey is a powerful tool to help you understand areas of improvement and spark conversations about strategies for creating a more inclusive and equitable workplace. After you take the short survey, you'll get access to Open Sesame's DEI Toolkit, 
an online hub where you can find additional resources. Visit opensesame.com today to start your survey. Back to Learning Unlocked. Here's Brian Berger. Grace, I'm really interested in methods of communication. So again, it used to be if you're in the office, you just walk down the hall and you go talk to the person you want to talk to. Now you've got email, you've got text, you've got Slack, you've got Zooms, you've got phone calls. There's all these methods of communication. Uh, I know they probably vary according to what you're trying to communicate, but how do you navigate when to use what method and and just overall communication? Because it, it's very different than, like I said, when you just walk down the hall and, and talk to someone in person. Yeah, that's a really good point. And thinking back now with Open Sesame, I've mainly been using Zoom and Slack. Slack is like this uh, messaging system and Zoom, as we all know, is the video. Um, email has, hasn't has been as prevalent for me, but I feel like you kind of have to feel it out how you want to communicate with someone. If there is absolutely no option to meet in person, then if it is something that requires a lot of explanation or step-by-step guide, like my manager teaching me a new project, we set up a Zoom meeting. And even with those Zoom meetings, that being like the most effective method of communication that we have, even that has like a lot of caveats because especially for me personally, I rely a lot on body language and Mm. those subtle body cues. And without that, it's really hard for me to communicate with someone via Zoom because you never really know when they're finished speaking and there's always that awkward pause in the middle until someone picks up the conversation again. And you really have to keep that in mind when you're working remotely. You have to like actively make those choices to interact with someone. Otherwise, you, you just both are just going to be completely in your own separate worlds. And even with that, being intentional with your communication when you're talking through Slack, I find myself especially when I'm talking to someone I'm not very familiar with, kind of drafting an email-like message on the texting app. So I feel like it's really, really, it's a bit more stressful and you have to be a lot more mindful when you're communicating because there's always um, that chance of miscommunication and you really don't want that. So that's just my experience. Megan, what about you? If if something needs to be thoroughly explained to you and you can't meet in person, Grace was just saying Zoom is probably the next best option. What's the best way to, you know, teach you something if you can't be with someone in person? Yeah. So I've definitely ran into this a few times this summer. I will sometimes, it's definitely difficult if someone will pull you in on a task and ask if you can help with it and you've never looked at it before. Um, so I usually try to give it my best go and try it, but then I'll often, you know, Slack message the person and be like, okay, I think I'm doing this, but I'm not sure if I'm getting it. And honestly, I think to save them time fixing what I do, if I do it wrong, we'll often jump on like five minutes on Zoom, like 10 minutes on Zoom, something really quick. And I'll have someone walk me through what it is they want me to do. And I think that that's helped a lot, just having, being able to find those times where it's not so much a scheduled meeting, but just, oh, hey, when you have five minutes, can we jump on a call quick? Because I don't get what I'm doing. I don't want to do the whole thing wrong. And I think that that's kind of 
I think for me, I guess that's what's replaced the walking down the hall and asking someone for help on something. It's just like the quick five minute. I really don't get this. Please explain it to me to save both of our time. Grace, what about uh, in school? If you're learning something and you don't quite understand it and you have a question, are you reaching out to your instructor? Are you reaching out to uh, a classmate and saying, hey, let's hop on a Zoom or get on a phone call, let's Slack, let's email? Like, how are you solving that if you're not able to see that person in person? For this year, for me, I've been completely in person for learning, but reflecting back in the pandemic, um, when I had trouble with homework or I was really lost on what to do outside of the asynchronous online courses we had, there were office hours that professors would set up via Zoom. And those had like varying levels of success. It really depended on the professor and how... <laughs> how much they planned it out and how much they were willing to go the extra mile and work through all the technical errors. Going back to this year, I don't know, Megan, I'm actually kind of curious because you said you took a lot of classes this year in person and have an 8 a.m. And I'm kind of curious. Yeah. Yeah. I also reflecting on the pandemic, I was I was the one in those online office hours and very similar to Grace. There's some that were great and there were some that were not. And I think I would start with my friends because they're going to get back to me really quickly on text. And then I'm, I'm going to straight up call my professor. You gave me your, your I had professors <laughs> give me your number. Oh, that's a little bit. I love I'm it. calling you. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and so I did do that a few times. I have this one accounting professor and he, he helped me out a ton because I was very confused. I was not skilled in counting. Um, but this year I've always been like so big on going and getting in for help in person. I look back and laugh. I was in middle school, like going in for math help before school started, which maybe I'm just like really terrible at math or maybe I was really like eager to make sure I was doing it correctly. And so I think that within person, I've always gone to the office hours a lot, made sure that I'm doing things correctly and just trying to meet my professors a lot. I've kind of, I missed that connection too. Um, when we were on Zoom and I often found myself like going to my favorite bestie professor's office hours just to chat with them because I would normally, you know, come into class early um, or stay later to talk to them. And I think during Zoom classes, there's this kind of weird, no one wants to join early and have to talk to the professor by themselves in the Zoom call before <laughs> class starts. Just so many little things like that. But so I've definitely, I'm definitely the first to reach out to be like, I'm coming to your office or can we schedule a Zoom call? But I think that those have been kind of the two still that have really stuck with. And Zoom has been honestly really helpful. I've had professors that it's after their kind of class time or working hours and they'll still let you set up a Zoom time with them to um, work on something. So I think that is something good that has come out of all this remote work. Grace, you mentioned body language earlier and taking you know nonverbal cues from people. Uh, there are some students out there, this isn't really as prevalent in the workplace, but uh, that they don't turn on their camera. So what are your thoughts on turning on a camera in the learning place um, or just, you know, listening and observing and not having your camera on? I guess it really depends on the situation. If you're in a lecture style Zoom meeting with 300 students, 
it's from the student's perspective, a little weird if you turn on your camera. It's like, <laughs> what do you have to show? But I think on the professor's side, definitely during the pandemic, at least, it was very helpful for them mentally because like Megan was saying, communicate, um, communication and just bonding with your team over Zoom is a little hard. So I was really surprised to hear that her side of the team does those random collaboration meetings. And I think I would really appreciate that because camaraderie and um, just that team bonding is really stunted during remote work. And especially when you have a smaller style Zoom meeting, if you turn on your camera, I feel like that is like the least you can do to bond with your teammates. Because if you don't like look at each other and have that minimal amount of body language via the video, then I don't feel like you can really get to know somebody without turning on that camera. More of Learning Unlocked is coming up after this. Open Sesame helps companies develop the world's most productive and admired workforces. How? By having the most comprehensive catalog of e-learning courses from the world's top publishers, publishers like TED and Harvard, and having courses that cover learning topics like diversity, equity, and inclusion, leadership development, safety and compliance, and wellness. Try a course for free today by visiting opensesame.com backslash course of the week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to Learning Unlocked. Here's Brian Berger. Megan, as you get ready to enter the workforce, it is so competitive now. And, you know, allowing people to work hybrid or full remote, uh, sending them lunch, uh, having them get together for in-person gatherings a couple of times a year as Open Sesame does. What are some of the things as a young person, someone graduating from college that you're looking for when you enter the workforce? Yeah, I've this has been I've been thinking about this since the pandemic started. That's been I think I've changed my mind 500 times on what it is that I think that I'm looking for. I think at this point, I've been never more so open to remote work than I am at this point. I think, like you mentioned, it is so competitive. Right now, so many you can apply for jobs anywhere. Like there's really no limit to where you can apply to work for jobs. I was doing some job searching the other day and I was like, oh, maybe I should apply for this remote job in Ireland. That could be great. And then I could go take work trips to Ireland. That sounds awesome. Um, (laughs) I know, I I think I would love that. But I think I'm really looking for, I would love to work hybrid um, in a hybrid situation. I really love living in Portland and I'm hoping to stay in Portland, but I've been kind of, you know, playing with the idea of, oh, what if I'm getting a job somewhere else where I'm not getting to go in person at all, or even be in the same city as my coworkers. I've also been able to do like happy hours and other things with coworkers because I'm in Portland and there's quite a few other people on my team in Portland. And so I'm kind of wondering what that will look like if I give that up 
I think that I, I'm definitely going to be looking for that. Those any social interactions when I graduate, I'm very involved and very social on campus. And so I think that I'll want that like little piece of after work or, you know, in the workday too, like getting to see people and getting to have those interactions, especially when I'm done with school and school so social, you walk across campus and see so many people, you know, and make little plans really quickly. And so I'm, I want that to somehow translate somehow to when I'm working. I'm not entirely sure what that looks like, but I think that a more hybrid situation is definitely something I want when I graduate. Grace, how about you? As you work towards graduation and you're going to not so far in the distant future enter the workforce, what are you looking for uh, from an employer and from a job? I think with my experience with this internship being fully remote, I am kind of scrapping the idea of taking a job that's 100% remote in the future. And I think that's really dependent on someone's personality. Um, I think Megan and I are very different in ways. She actually, she reaches out and she reached out to me to be on this podcast and I'm a bit more reserved and not as socially inclined and being less socially inclined, having remote work and that lack of in-person interaction is a little mentally draining, to be honest. And because of that, um, I realize how important those in-person interactions are that come from my work and how essential it is for me. So because of that experience, I am only really considering hybrid or in-person work for the future because I think hybrid is the most, the best option because having that um, ability to go in-person and meet, but also stay at home for a few days and if you don't need to go to the office and not having to go to the office, having that option, I think is the best of both worlds. I just love that both of you, I mean, I was an intern at one point in, in my life and utilizing the internship to learn what you want, but also what you don't want is really an important experience. I think people underestimate the value of sometimes trying things and figuring out this is what I don't want. Instead of just going into it going, hey, this is this is what I want. But I think you guys have done a really good job of utilizing your internship kind of uh, to figure out what you want and what you don't want and what you're comfortable with, not comfortable with. So we're going to end with this. And Megan, I'll, I'll start with you. I am, for the sake of this exercise, putting you in charge of internships at Open Sesame. <laughs> okay. As an intern who has gone through this experience. What does that look like from the onboarding to the experience to, you know, helping network or go into the job force afterwards, whether it's with Open Sesame or another company? What does that internship experience look like? Yeah, so I've really loved this internship experience because there was this type of like intern programming. That was something I was also really looking for in an internship. We have intern book club. We have different speakers throughout the summer. Our CEO gives a lot of um, little talks. And that's definitely been one of my favorite parts. You also have a mentorship program with the internship. And so um, I have a really great mentor um, that's also in Portland, actually. And I think that that's been super beneficial and definitely one of my favorite parts of getting this internship is you're doing, you're all reading the same book and in this book club. And that's, 
like the more organic way to talk to people and have this new thing to talk about in breakout rooms or in a full group session. And I mean, I've really learned a lot from these different events that we've had too. We've had ones on like your career path and planning on financial literacy. And those have been really amazing too. And so I think having that sort of, I think also internships are so competitive these days and like who has the best type of internship program. I have friends that are doing like crazy things at their internships right now or like having crazy events at big companies and whatnot. And so I think that that's also becoming really important of what else can you teach people outside of just the actual like technical skills of what goes with their internship. That's great. Grace, what about you from the onboarding to the actual internship to as you go back to school and eventually off into the workforce. What advice would you have for if you were in charge of Open Sesame internships, how how would you be doing it? I think I've really enjoyed my experience. I think I've learned a lot. If I was in charge of the Open Sesame internship program, I think I would just try to get each intern as exposed to different styles of work and different types of work as much as I possibly can just to give them that exposure. And I feel like this program does a really good job of prepping college students for the future workforce. Like that is the goal of the program, not to have them become an open sesame employee. It's to train them and just exposing them to as much as they can in that period of the internship, I think is gonna be the most beneficial for that individual. Well, Megan and Grace, this has been fantastic. I've enjoyed talking to both of you. I've learned a lot. I, I have a, a daughter around your age, and it's really been interesting listening to you guys and your internship experience and how you've learned and worked in the hybrid workforce. And uh, you both are very bright. I'm sure you have a bright future ahead. And uh, I kind of like the different approaches that you have. I think, you know, you're, you're obviously interested in different areas and you've got some different approaches. So to be able to get that diversity of perspective today was, uh, was really great. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Megan and Grace. Thanks so much. Thanks everyone for listening to the Learning Unlocked podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Learning Unlocked presented by Open Sesame. Download this and every episode on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Learning Unlocked is produced by Griggs Productions.